I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello and welcome everybody to our episode today where we're going to be talking about the spiritual cosmology of light versus darkness. And I'm very happy to have Alberta Fredrickson back with us today as we sum up what we've been talking about in the last two episodes. So thank you, Alberta, for being with us here another week. Thank you, Nancy. It's good to be with you. And our special guest today is Mark Myers. And Mark's a veteran researcher, and he even does this for his profession, who's, uh, where he investigates the medical and biochemical literature to develop integrative health solutions to major illnesses. In his personal time, he really goes into ferreting out hidden information about the spiritual dimensions and the history of our universe from a spiritual perspective that maybe many people have not heard before. So, Mark, we're really happy to have you with us today. You've been with me before in some of our earlier episodes, which people really loved. And we are looking forward to not only hearing about your fascinating research, but also how specifically it's re- it relates to what we're dealing with today in America and around the world. We have talked about these things in our last two episodes. So welcome, Mark. Well, it's nice to be with you, Nancy. Always fun to be able to share these exciting facts with people as we get a greater perspective of where we came from so that we know where we're going to go. Exactly. So Alberta, maybe it'd be best if you could just start with the, you know, a real brief summary to, to bring Mark up to date with what we've covered and our listeners in the last two episodes here. Okay. Well, it's such an exciting topic. It's always hard to summarize and make it brief. But I think one of the things that we've been talking about is this concept of America as an experiment of the Great White Brotherhood. And it's actually an experiment in freedom, in this element of freedom. And we're certainly getting many lessons daily in the news about this aspect. So the Great White Brotherhood, which you have talked about before, is really a group of individuals, uh, and they're both ascended and unascended, as we still are. And this group includes individuals of all races, all creeds, all nationalities. So we're really talking about everyone here. And when we make reference to that term that we've used before called the I am race, it's not about race. It's not about race at all. It's about the light and the presence of God to come through each and every one of us and through our nations and through all of the activities that each of us are engaged in daily. So St. Germain, of course, who you have introduced to your audience and, and all of us love dearly, is the Ascended Master who's really the sponsor for this particular age, the Aquarian age. And he explained that America really was and still is an experiment and that there, there are no psychological or astrological predictions that determine how it's going to turn out. 
We don't know what America's fate is yet because we are in it and we are developing it and we are moving forward with it. So it's not foreordained in any way. It will be what we make of this amazing opportunity for our turn on, of life on planet Earth. So there isn't anything automatic about fulfilling a cosmic destiny. America is simply the opportunity, the gift of freedom, like the gift of free will that we have been given and placed in our hands and our hearts. And we are here with the divine intention of delivering it and bringing it to a whole planet. And if indeed there is to be a victory for freedom, a real cosmic destiny that can be forged and won first on this continent and then on the entire planetary body, it will be because this group of people that we've spoken of, this I am race, have made this quality of freedom their own. Sometimes this has been referred to as the work of the ages, this quality of freedom. So the masters have emphasized that America is more than just a nation. It's a symbol. It's a symbol to all people of the possibility for the realization of both individual and world freedom. And this possibility is also a responsibility, and it rests upon the shoulders of what we have referred to as the light bearers, those souls who have known freedom in the past, those who have embraced it and realized the potential for the expansion of a flame of freedom and a flame of liberty in the heart of all light bearers in the world and in all the nations of this world. So currently we're seeing some rather radical elements in the news who openly state that they are Marxist trained and that their intention is to tear down this system of freedom and of governing peoples, which means tearing down our constitution and our bill of rights. So these are efforts not only to destroy the intent for America and for planet earth, but it's also to rewrite our national history. So the masters have, have taught us that they would like us also to expand in the consciousness of those who are in these United States, in America and in the world, this awareness of the oneness of life upon the earth and on the planet. And that maybe here in America, where we are given this amazing quality of freedom, we can once again come together and draw mankind together and set before the people of the whole planet a bigger cup of light in the heart of America. And it's, it's like a future that the holy family concept can draw us together and make us feel that holy family concept. So once again, we see that this example that America can be a holy family concept example to the entire planet and for us to realize how, how much opposition there is to it in our present moment, in our present day. And that's why we turn to our spiritual practices to assist us in getting through and passing our own tests, helping our nation to pass the tests, helping our leaders to pass their tests so that we can bring this holy family concept, not only to America, but to this entire planet. Mm, yes. Well, thank you for that. You know, we also talked about how America is not a perfect nation because there's no such thing, actually. 
and right. that it was founded by people, imperfect people, who had vision, who were inspired by the divine, by God's direction to them. We talked about um, how Christopher Columbus, how he wrote in his own words, how he was inspired. So if our listener, any of you have not heard the first two episodes prior to this one, I really would encourage you to listen to those because I think it'll give you a, a new perspective on America and what it is. It is still in the becoming. Now, we left our listeners last week. We left you all by pointing out how Jesus came to this planet in his own words, not to bring peace, but a sword. And even though he gave us those two great commandments and exemplified them in his life, his total compassion and love and mercy, he was fully aware of the fallen angels and those of darkness that he had come at that particular time in that particular region of the world for their judgment. So this is an important key, and this is what we're going to talk about today, because understanding the forces of light and darkness is really key right now to the victory, not only of our nation, but personally and of our planet. Because like we said, every planet has its divine plan also, and all life keeps evolving toward back to their source, the one. So this is where we're going to begin today. So Mark, tell us first about how you do your research and the sources of your research and just a summary of that. Okay, well, basically, I research everything that I can find from different spiritual movements. I, I, I look at the internet. I look all over the place, the sources that I have found to be credible in the past, and I aggregate this information into a picture so we have a, a viewpoint. And I think that it's important that we expand our you know, view, our awareness, our cosmic lens with which we look at things, because if we look from a very narrow viewpoint, for instance, a thousand years or a few thousand years, then we're only seeing a very minuscule, you know, part of history. But remember, time is vast and, you know, millions and millions and millions of years. And there's a history that we have here on this planet of light and darkness and before that just light. And there's a history throughout the entire galaxy and these sectors of galaxies that God created where there has been a great battle going on. Uh, you know, I mean, Star Wars showed the great rebellion. Well, this wasn't too far from the truth. You know, we had uh, many millions of years ago, a great rebellion, the forces of darkness, you know, wanting to overcome the forces of light and being kicked out of heaven, as the Bible tells us. So this is kind of the lens that we need to look at things through so that we can really have a clear and crystal perspective of what we need to do for our own personal victory, but also for a planetary victory and also for the victory of our entire solar system. Yes, and we know that a lot has been revealed by the Ascended Masters through their lineage and, and that which they have brought forth starting really in the 19th century, 20th centuries and up to the present. So we have a lot also of scientists who have found a lot of archeological kinds of proof of things of different evolutions on this planet. Very interesting. So we know it goes back a long way. We know there's talk of Atlantis and 
Lemuria and different civilizations that really are not outpictured in our current history. So Mark, take us back to the earliest point of what you know about the forces of light and darkness and that you talked about those being cast out of heaven and how that all has come about. Well, as you were saying, Nancy, the, the last 150 years or so has been very rich with movements that have brought things from higher octaves to us in the physical where we have more of a connection, you know, through movements of, uh, I can name a few, theosophy, the IM movements, the um, Agni Yoga Society, Bridge to Freedom. A lot of these movements have brought to us pieces of information. So if we, if we go back, well, first, I agree 100% with what Alberta is saying. I like to say that I think that as we stand in the middle of this alchemical crucible, this experiment of America, which is still unformed, but we don't know the outcome. And as we stand in that crucible and look, we can clearly start to see the forces that are molding that. And you're seeing them outplaying again as they played in ages past. I mean, America is a open experiment, I might call it, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the right word. It's an open experiment in the last couple hundred years where in the past, the masters have taught us in private, in mystery schools, you know, they've given us the truth, they've given us the vision. Well, America has given us a chance for all of us in an outer way to outplay all these things. So this is a very important time. But to trace back to the very earliest points that we really understand. We understand that uh, Earth was inhabited early on. Have you talked? You probably talked about the root races, which are mandalas of souls that come to Earth. The first three root races came, outpictured the light, and they returned to the higher octaves without a glitch. So we know that Earth had these golden ages, and a golden age simply means that we're outpicturing the gold of God, the golden light of God. So we had those golden ages. Now, when the fourth root race came, there was a cosmic glitch that happened in somewhere in the galaxy. We don't know where, but some point we had the great rebellion, as I was talking about earlier. And in this great rebellion, we had a rebellion of the fallen angels. And this is the original insanity, in my view, and I believe the ascended masters use the insanity of rebelling against the great being that created you, a rebellion against God, the creator. So we have this rebellion and it states in the um, uh, revelations in the Bible that they were kicked out of heaven. So now they're down here amongst us. And what did they do? Did they repent? Did they try to you know, regain their highest state? No, they came across the physical material galaxy in huge amounts of destruction, destroying worlds everywhere that they went. And eventually they came to our own galaxy and our own solar system. And you can see some of the destruction if you look at some of the planets here. You see that Mars has no atmosphere. It's a red planet, a dead planet. You see an asteroid belt between you know, Mars and Jupiter, which is the remnants, as many of us probably know, of a planet called Maldek. And Maldek was destroyed by forces on their own planet that created such nuclear weapons and such nuclear war that they actually turned their planet into rubble. And then they were given the opportunity to come here. And this is the point where we come in where light and darkness actually met. At this point, the earth, we had 
innocent fourth root race here on Lumeria, which was the motherland of Earth, and they were evolving and decisions were made by higher cosmic councils, ascended masters, and by the um, you know, initiates here on the planet that yes, we'll take some of these souls that destroyed their planet, Maldek, and let them interweave and embody among us and we can help them and we can you know, bring them up higher in the light because there is still some good in these souls to redeem it. Well, <laughs> what happened was the exact opposite. Instead of them bring, being brought up to higher levels of light, they brought the entire planet down. And this is the point in history where the Bible picks up with good and evil and starting to talk about this. So when you start to expand the lens of awareness, looking at this cosmic perspective, we can see now that this battle of good and evil, light and darkness, has been going on for a very long time. And we're actually in the time that Jesus predicted is the end times, which is a time when this will be resolved, when the darkness will be separated out from the light. And we, as light bearers, as Alberta was saying, need to make the calls that these ones, uh, the right thing happens, that this darkness is overcome and that the planet is raised up into a golden age, which we know there are predictions of. Right, and we also know that the evolutions on the planet who volunteered to take some of these souls to actually help them, they got caught up. Like you say, it, it brought it all down instead of bringing them up. But this had to do with the choice to accept into your consciousness, to look at the creation instead of the creator, shift your consciousness and accept into your being and world this unreality. So it still comes back to our responsibility, personal responsibility, even though these forces were very evolved uh, scientifically. They taught the, the engines of war. They taught the concept of war to this planet. Because like you said, those first three root races, which were evolutions of light created by God, who came into the physical to manifest those unique qualities that God created them, to make them a unique individual, that they return back to their source and become those eternal life, those permanent beings. And that's where this, this fall, as Marcus said, happened. And so it's, uh, it's important for us to understand that these forces, having all of this energy that was no longer the perfect alignment with God's will and who we really are, our mighty I am presence, which is God within us, that lack of alignment has opened the door to many evolutions. The ascended masters have told us that just like America is a melting pot of the world, well, the planet is kind of a melting pot of this universal system. There's many evolutions on this planet from various different planets and systems in the solar system. So we have all levels of consciousness, everything from the very darkest ones who manipulate the light bearers and steal their light because they've cut off their own connection to the, uh, to the God presence within them. So you have to continue your existence. You have to steal the light somewhere to get it to exist. And these are the ones that are deceiving 
us on this planet. And what are their main tactics? You know, divide and conquer. Keep us at war with one another. Let the lie bearers keep killing themselves off while these fallen ones manipulate the monetary system on the whole planet, keep us indebted, keep, keep it all going. So we see a lot of things manifesting right here and now in this day and age that we are dealing with. You know, Nancy and, and uh, Mark, when I listen to Mark relay these, the history basically of the universe and the cosmos, it tends, I think, to make us as think of ourselves as mere humans here and look at the mess we've made and look at the mess we're in and how can we ever get out of it. And that's what is so incredibly powerful about the I am teachings and the meaning of that I am, because it's claiming God where we are. And I mean, that very, the very phrase I am is God in me is. And so I'm just in awe every time I think about how large the obstacles seem and that the simplest of tools, a couple of words, give us the concept because it's not just us. It's God in us. And it's God in the earth, and it's God in everyone else. And so it couldn't be more powerful. We could not be better equipped to be able to handle what feels like a darkness that will just swallow us all up. So I'm just just listening to Mark again relay that history makes me realize how grateful we are for the teachings and of the very words I am and what we choose to put behind those words. Because exactly. it means God is. Yes, and, and that is what the I am race is all about. It's those who actually are awakening, are awakened to or are awakening to that presence of God within them and understanding that there is a greater power within all of us. And that's what unites us, that oneness in God I am. And right. so we find that this is the way out of this dilemma is the raising of consciousness, the awakening of the people of the light, not necessarily going out and destroying everything and, and you know, having a physical war. It's the, it's the revolution of higher consciousness rather than physical revolution of destroying one another. It's important that we recognize this divide and conquer tactic because this is the main one. You can see it dividing with races, with, with genders, with lifestyles, with rich and poor, and all, all, different, all different ways that we are being divided. So Mark, why don't you continue? Okay, well, the division of light bearers, of course, is, is their, their key objective, but their modus operandi, we have to remember, is deception. Deception is how they manipulate us because we, you know, we are unaware if we are unaware. I mean, more and more people are becoming aware, but as our unawareness, we can be very easily manipulated. So it is that awareness that helps us to rise above and then use the spiritual tools, which I believe we'll be talking about in a little while. But deception, it goes all the way back. If you look at the Bible and you look at the early um, you know, the, the Old Testament and the early fights between Babylon and Nimrod and 
where this whole thing started, you know, they, they realized that they couldn't beat the light bearers in an outward, outright fight, you know, in the light, so to speak, or outward. So they had to go and hide and be deceiving. And they, they manipulate us from the shadows, from the darkness. And it's very hard to fight an enemy that's in the shadows. Have you ever tried uh, be in the military and fight in the middle of the night, you know, and try to fight someone that you can't see. So this is a time where we need to draw these individuals and their modus operandi out of the shadows into the light so that we can use our spiritual tools and our new gained awareness as we're all gaining more and more and more awareness as we rise higher and the vibration of the planet becomes higher. We gain that awareness drawing them out of the shadows so that we can have a real true victory by overcoming this darkness. And we all know the Bible says that light will overcome the darkness if you enter a dark room and switch on the light, which one wins, right? Right, exactly. And we have to emphasize too that, that these dark forces have impenetrated every aspect of life on this planet. That's why Jesus came. And he even said, you know, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. And we've talked about that. Meaning, when we purify ourselves, we can't be hooked by these fallen ones who come to hook into our own personal weaknesses. And that's how they can control us individually, but also collectively, where we can actually kill each other off in wars and oppose each other constantly, understanding that really the force that is pus pushing us down is not the light bearers, it is these forces of darkness. And they have infiltrated even the United States government. And here we are, um, you can go back even in the history of this nation, the history of, of statements on the planet of, of how there's been vows by various enemies of the state to infiltrate. They will infiltrate America from within. So is it always easy to tell who's light and darkness? Not always, because there are a lot of light bearers who are, as Mark said, deceived. And they fall for a lot of this stuff, and they become then the tools of the fallen ones, not even knowing it. So we can't judge in that sense. We can only ask the Lord Jesus Christ to judge and because God knows pure judgment of separating the tares from the wheat, the light and the darkness, as Jesus taught. Yeah, we have, we have a certain equation, I think, that we need to look at here. And that equation is, you know, who's going to, you know, how many light bearers are going to wake up you know, versus how many are still manipulated and still deceived and in darkness. And the equation ultimately plays out the more light bearers wake up, the, the more time we'll have on this planet to overcome this darkness. And we as light bearers can influence all this. We have many, many ways of doing this. First of all, we raise our own vibration. And when we have a certain vibration, it's transmitted around us. We have an aura, an aura of what we would call light, of concentrated energy, of, think, of a, a force that we can send out. We can send that energy out and envelop an entire planet. The aura 
of one light bearer that's been raised up enough can engulf the entire planet and affect every other particle and every other life on this planet to help them raise up. We also have powers of meditation. We can go into meditation and use powers of visualization, of focus, of what we call of uh, picturization, to picture a greater and greater planet, a planet of light bearers, of, of everybody being Buddhas or everybody being spiritual ascended masters. And as we uh, put that out there, more and more, there'll be more and more people that will actually raise to that concept that we send out there. It's another thing that we can do. We also have the power of the spoken word, which we know is very important in this time. We can use mantras, we can use chanting, we can use fiats, we can watch the news and we can give simple prayers to whoever our, our favorite sended master is, whether it be Jesus or whomever. And then we make that call. And I find it's most effective when you're watching the news to make it right then and there while you're thinking about it, when you see that heinousness or whatever is going on in the news, you make the call and then you release it and then God will, will take over. And we also have a very powerful way of making prayers, which we call the power of the spoken word. You've probably talked about that. And there are certain prayers that unlock the alchemical keys to the light in certain masters and allow those masters to shed their light on our planet and to take control. So in other words, we have a grid of light that descends from the ascended master Jesus or St. Germain or El Morio, whomever that master is that we're making a call and their consciousness comes in as a grid of light and takes over. So we call for it over our president, over our government, over our people, over our cities that are experiencing all this violence, over our law enforcement, over anything that you want to place that with. And then that master's consciousness and energy will take over and we can have a change, an alchemical change. It's like you're in standing there in the crucible of being and it could have gone one way, but the master is there and it goes the right way, the will of God. So these are all things that we can do. And we have tremendous power if we're talking about. We, we are divine beings. We have a certain uh, divinity. We, we may be now in the physical, but we, this is only a part, a small part of ourselves. We have much in the divine that we can draw down use this power, use this love, use this wisdom to change ourselves and a planet. And we can't underestimate the power of calling God's angels into action. The, the, every ascended master, like Jesus said, he has legions and legions of angels at his disposal. And this is true in the whole heaven world. And we have the power to call in the name of our I am that I am, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of any ascended master, to send those legions of light into these troubled cities, into those that are experiencing difficulty. You can do this whether it is for violence, whether it is for rebellion, whether it is for natural disaster, whether it is for just uplifting communities, the power of prayer and the invocation and taking these tools are very important. And when you look at the news, many people don't even want to look at the news anymore, especially people who are on a spiritual path, because they realize, number one, a lot of unreality in the news, but also they don't want to taint their consciousness. Well, Try looking at the news from a different perspective, like Mark was describing. 
when you look at the news, look at it from the level of your Christ self, your higher mental body, your divine self, and make the call. Send the angels. Call for the violet flame. We've talked about the violet flame. We know for our own improvement and our own psychology, we have the I am affirmations, as Alberta talked about. So we can invoke light, send light, send angels, and as Mark said, call the master's electronic presence to be over situations. And this can be for individuals that are passing out of the screen of life, people who have uh, ailments, healing prayers. We use the same power to send God's light and the, and the healing light of Jesus Christ, of Mother Mary, of Archangel Raphael, the different archangels, to send to these folks for the healing energy. This can be for yourself, for your family, for your community. We have to just expand our consciousness to be aware at just how powerful we are. We are one with God, made in his image and likeness. That's exactly the phrase I was thinking, Nancy, is that when we see these circumstances in the world, it tends to want to make us feel small. We're not able. We can't overcome these things. They're too big for us to handle. And that's what's so wonderful about these teachings and about the meaning of I am. It's God in me is. When we say I am, awake to these things. God in me is awake to these things. And so with God on our side, we're never outnumbered and we're never too small and we're never too tiny to be able to make a difference. And so I know that people, I do sometimes when I'm watching the news, I get discouraged thinking, oh, this is so big. How can we ever overcome this? It's just gone too far now. But the truth of it is that these simple words, I am, meaning God in me is, are, are such a powerful way for us to move our own consciousness out of whatever we're thinking is hopeless, whatever we're thinking is too big for me to handle. Uh, somebody else will have to do it. Or this is the government's job. It's not my job. We can't do that. It's our job because it's God's job and it's God in us who's doing the job. And so I'm so grateful for all the various tools that we have that make make it possible to listen to the news and turn things around by giving this positive response right in to the face and the voice of the news. And, and this, is an important, this is an important point that uh, Albert is making. And a cautionary note is that we, we need to remember that we always should, you know, do the will of God or call that the will of God be done and to stay in uh, like, almost like a, a continence of humbleness and humility when we make these calls, a gentle one, as the Buddhas would call it. Because, you know, if we, if, there, are, there are stories in Eastern myths like Milarepa and other ones where early on they use these powers that they develop to destroy their enemies. Well, we never want to do this. It's God that takes charge of these things. So we want to keep in this humble, adoring, humility that we do. So I, I just caution people to remember that. And one thing when we make calls is we can always add at the end to, that this be done according to the will of God so that we don't get ourselves into trouble. Right. You never make a call in anger, um, fear, any other vibration. That's why I say you raise, you, you must bring your consciousness to a higher level 
and you're allowing God to do the work. It's, it's powerful praying, powerful prayers that you're putting forth. So again, yes, you have, as you stand in the light of God and use that power, as Mark said, it's also you are humble to that power. And remember, Jesus always said, it's not I who do this work. It's a father within me. And that's what we must remember because we can make karma by, by making calls in anger against someone. That's not the idea. The idea is we want to consume darkness with the light and the, the light is more powerful. Power in you is greater than any power outside of you. And we can consume that darkness with light. In these times when, when we are listening to the noise, everything seems so boisterous. And even in our speaking of it now, we, talk, we reference making calls, making prayers, making, and so it's, a, uh, it's an active kind of doing. But there's, there's this thing that Mark has alluded to as well, that there is that part of us that can do this silently and within and without making a lot of noise because we can picture to help things come into focus. We can picture the things that we want to come into our world and our awareness without even uttering a word. Now we do practice the science of the spoken word because it's powerful, but the way we visualize, the way we think, the way we hold things in our mind and in our mind's eye are also very powerful antidotes to some of the things that we want to see changed in our world. So we all have a place, whether we think of ourselves as um, a more boisterous or outgoing personality, or I don't speak up often, I'm really the quiet one in the corner, whatever that is, you still have tools to be changing these things in your mind's eye, in your thoughts, in your feelings, because a lot of what could contribute to this madness and this mania that we're seeing is how we're feeling about things and how we're thinking. So we have the power to think, oh, what am I thinking now? How could I change this thought? into something that's more constructive? How can I hold a different feeling about this right now in my heart and in the, for the hearts of those who are involved in this particular activity? So, so many tools, many of them are spoken, but many are not. I want to emphasize that what we're talking about is how we can deal with what is happening on the planet with darker forces, with the, all the separation of light and darkness, is from a spiritual perspective. In no way are we saying that those who feel called to take their positions, whether in government or any other way, or to speak out against unreality and bring forth the truth, if that is your calling, that is totally lawful to do in the same vibration that we're talking about. I just wanted to um, bring up another important spiritual tool, and it's a big topic, but I just want to touch on it briefly. And it, it's a way, you know, I mean, we're dealing with such weight of darkness upon us in every moment of every day, because the darkness is, is very weighty. It's, you know, it's physical, it's weight, the karma is weight. So we can recharge and rejuvenate ourselves and get a divine vision and awareness of what we need to do by at night, we work 24 hours a day, we work during the day, but when we lay our bodies down to rest at night, we can go to where the masters have on higher planes, their own houses, their retreats, their temples, whatever you wanna call them, 
where we can go and be taught and be recharged and rejuvenated by the flames there so that when we waken in the morning, we have a brighter view, a newer view, a better view, you know, of what's going on and a newfound power as we were, you know, um, uh, flooded with the light of these things. And I actually very much look forward to the last moments of the night where I can be in peace and quiet, like Alberta was talking about, and not be in all the noise and all the things that are going on. And as I do that, I meditate on God and I ask to be taken to a retreat that I know of. And it can be any master, you know, Jesus or Mother Mary or whatever masters that you know, they all have retreats. And these are brilliant focuses of light at a higher level, a higher frequency on this planet that our souls travel in our finer bodies. So they're wrapped in our mental body and our emotional body, so on and so forth, our etheric body. And the soul travel, can travel to these higher planes at night, be taught and be rejuvenated. And what a wonderful thing to wake up in the morning with this freshness, this new awareness, this new power to start the day again in, in the, uh, what do you want to call it, darkness or samsara down here, whatever name you want to give it to. So I would also add this to our spiritual list of tools. Absolutely. And these retreats are where we actually go in between and embodiments for instruction, for preparation for our next venture. If we have not ascended and um, eliminated <laughs> returning to this planet. So we've talked about the ascension. We have covered a lot of information today, and I hope this has been helpful to each one of you. And is there any final word either of you would like to add? It's wonderful to be with, with all of you and to be able and free enough to explore all of these concepts in our lives. And I'm grateful. Thank you. And my, my final message would be to remember that you are a divine being, to remember the divinity within and, uh, you know, that we do have the I am, as we've talked about in all these things. And that, you know, we're here to bring that divinity on this planet. And eventually we will return to that divinity. So as we say, onward, Christian soldiers. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alberta. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a wonderful discussion. And I will see you all next week. Until then. Keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download, and comment. I'd love to hear from you, and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget, go to nancyshowalter.com to get your free electronic copy of my book, it's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery, endorsed by T. Harv Ecker. And my free mini course, How to Speak Your Success, The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals. I'll see you next week.